is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, host Brandon, joined my host Nick and Dan. We are live in Kansas City, hanging out in Nick's living room. If yep. you want to take us through the, a tour. It's uh, Well, it's quite small. Uh, we've rearranged some stuff, but largely what you guys need to know is that we're three men on a couch today. Um, and it's, it's like two men in a truck. It's pretty cozy. I don't know. It's an L. It's yeah. an L-shaped couch. Yeah, that's There's right. room for three people. All right. We're yeah. bringing in L references. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. It was a big L today, and we're sitting on an L-shaped couch to signify the moment. Symbolism. It, Huge symbolism. Ever heard of it, Dan? I have. Mm-hmm. Well, we are here. Going to be talking about the Newcastle match review, but again, live in person. So that's why you get a, a new angle on the video, a little bit live from the, the audio perspective. But um, we got to do it. We, we flew out here. Uh, you promised us a win. You promised us a good time. And, and here we are. It's fucking cold. It's fucking cold. <laughs> I it might is. get up and get my jacket. Bro, it is, uh, it's not warm. It's like 18 degrees in, in KC right now. Um, so insult to injury and all that. Uh, we are, we're having a, a bit of whiskey after this, I think, uh, to, to keep ourselves, uh, warm for the, for the pending, numb. pending winter, warm and numb, mostly numb. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, specifically in this one, we're going to be talking about how Chelsea can't find absolution at St. James's park. We're going to be talking <laughs> about the standard slipping or are the cracks finally being exposed? And then lastly, but not leastly. What the hell are we going to expect when Chelsea return in 45 days? I think it's December 27th, post-Christmas. Boxing no, day. no, we're back on the 27th. The what? Premier League returns yeah. the 26th. Uh, we are not till the 27th. Oh. So details are the devil. Um, anyways, so that's what we were talking about. Dan, you can run us through the three-word match review. Let us know what the people thought because, well... I can only imagine the different types of responses you got on on that poll today. Well, there were plenty of Sack Graham Potter, which were not included Shut in this, up. but I will just add that as a summary note there at the top. Kate with loud. Chaos and Chaos. We had Mr. Thurman with Enjoy Newcastle, fuckwads. <laughs> RJ with the Black and White. Tana with Rebuilds Are Depressing. Andrew with Injuries Fucking Hurt. Melina with the Stress-Free hyphen till christmas and then under my kukurea with a painful watch that's the tiktoker oh yeah what's up melina what's up melina you well, do you, you keep it up on tiktok well, you're doing a good job we're just gonna we'll do a dance to no no we're not doing we're, a not, dance. we're not doing no, a dance no okay so well. anyways uh dan was the only one who did the script and took the time to think about his three-word match review so go ahead and uh tell us yours while we figure ours out 45 day reprieve 45 with a hyphen, huh? That's how 45 would Didn't be written. Didn't you have an English yes. major? Creative writing? 45 Very would creative. be hyphenated, yes. Could have just <laughs> with the four and the five there. Could put the numbers, yeah, too. That would work. I well. put Twitter absolute meltdown. Yes, accurate. <laughs> well, are you talking about Elon or are you talking about Chelsea? But I Obviously, as a Chelsea podcast, I'm going to focus on Chelsea. But yes, there are clearly other meltdowns happening on said platform. Uh, at one point, I appreciate you, Shane, telling me to turn off your goddamn phone and hang out with your friends IRL. Look, he, he wasn't actually hanging out with us until that happened. You so it's good that somebody loosely. prompted him to do that. Drink it away, which is what we're going to goddamn do here. That is our commitment to you. The fine people of Chelsea universe that we're in right now, Twitter and or otherwise. Unfortunately, we've turned to uh, <laughs> we've turned to alcohol, folks, <laughs> to to help. Uh, it is the last match of a of a yes. long break. It's a nice shelf back there. You'll 
Yeah, we'll, we'll tap Nick into pointed it. to his liquor shelf for those who are have only I accumulated listening. a fine selection of bourbon and mezcal. I, I sure have. I would say if the people want to watch us podcast live, this the full episode will be on YouTube, so you can kind of see us interact. If that is your jam, uh, but huge <laughs> shout outs to Kyle for joining us on Patreon. Uh, big shout out to Kyle. I, he was the one that. I said midweek, I just didn't have time to look and grab it. And that was him. So double shout out to you. Uh, Jay from Ireland on Apple Podcasts, dropping the five-star review. And we're up to 1.6 on, on Spotify. So we're running up the score. We appreciate everybody supporting us uh, via those methods. Uh, but we need to jump into the actual match. It was Newcastle United this past Saturday, the 12th of November in the Premier League. It was at... St. James's Park, which Dan wrote inside the everything is fine gift. <laughs> ah, it so, is so toasty warm inside mm. there. Mm. Uh, and in case you missed it, Newcastle one, Joe Willock, uh, Chelsea nil. Uh, go goals coming from Joe Willock in the 67th minute, uh, right after we missed our chance. So we're going to kick it over to the fifth stand up, the official app from Chelsea FC to uh, <sighs> remind us highlight the pain. how it went. Yep. So download said app. We'll be right back. It's Willock in the left side attacking role right now. Taking the ice pillow and beating him. That's awkward. It's a big header from Kula Valley. And Almiron has missed for once. Now a bit of space here as Mason Mount takes it. Looks to maximise the advantage therefrom. Here is Lewis Hall into Breuer. Strong. That's a shot on target. Great ball. Mount. Promising. It was a lovely way to pass, wasn't it? Breuer in the middle. Just. Bruno. Burn. He's gonna. He's that's good defending, should be able to be further in. Oh, that's a good touch. Connor Gallagher gets it back, having earned it. He's bent oh. it. It's a very rare save in a very tight match. More than about 10 games in a row, sometimes not even that. And we're on here, Kula Valley. Kula Valley diving in. And Willett firing in. A quarter of the game left. Ziyech in towards Havertz. Who got his timing wrong? It looked like he was there, Clyde. He's completely mistimed this. See Chelsea draw a blank three games in a row. Didn't tell you the last time that happened, because it doesn't happen. Here's Kukurea, promising, awkward. Oh, Havertz had it for a moment. Pulisic still might share away, but not very far away. That's better, Ben, isn't it? All right, anyways, Dan, lineup time. Uh, we played a 7-4-7. We played a 6-3-9. It was whatever we need. It wasn't good. <laughs> uh, and between the six, Trev Chalaba, Koulibaly, and Azpilicueta were your defense. It was Jorginho, Kovacic, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and Lewis Hall, Premier League start. First Premier League start for Lewis Hall. Phenomenal. Armand, Armando Broya, Mason Mount, and Connor Gallagher as your quote forwards, unquote. Um Use subs of Thiago Silva coming in very early for an injured Ruben off his cheek. Kukurea, Christian Pulisic, Hakim Ziyech, and Kai Havertz as the individuals who did make an appearance off the bench. 
So 3421 is how they listed it. Uh, definitely a lot of flexibility within that. Some of the top line stats, Chelsea, with a roaring comeback in the second half, I think we had about 45% possession in the first half, ended up with 51%. We had an overwhelming five shots with two on target to Newcastle's 10 <laughs> shots, uh, albeit three on target. We uh, had 23 tackles apiece, 20 clearances there, 13. Three corners there, five. Uh, no offsides there, three. We had a couple cautions. To Surprisingly, somehow they ended up with four, which I think is is a bit they of a surprise. They did kick the shit out of us, though. I mean. They all came at the end. Uh, 11, he literally waited until like the last 10 minutes to start really yeah. like telling them to knock it off. And then we had 11 fouls conceded to their 14. Uh, XG had them at 1.06 and us in a .29, which is obviously not great. Uh, but the goal significantly skyrocketing that for obvious reasons so again nick stats lineup uh i think lewis hall the fact that he got minutes isn't that surprising based on who was fit but the fact that i think potter went from no youth to two starts in a row is a bit surprising yeah i mean it's it's hard to take a whole lot of positives out of this game in particular but like if you think about where we were up until the goal and the fact that Connor had a clear chance turned away. I mean, th this was a game that was there to, to be one. And I know there's a lot of negativity out there right now. I know the numbers might not look phenomenal. We'll, we'll talk about all that stuff coming up, but I mean, it, it's not meltdown worthy this to me. And, and I know there's a lot of meltdown out there right now. I know that there are a lot of podcasts that are doing, the question every bit about the squad and about where we are. Um, I think Newcastle, like City, like Arsenal, we're, are just better than we are right now. And yeah, there's a lot to do, but this wasn't and this wasn't eight nil trouncing. This was Newcastle Not Southampton style. New, Newcastle had three shots on target today. Three. The, the domination that we saw was three shots on target, two of them in the second half, or all three of them in the second half. I mean, you you could be forgiven to think that Chelsea Football Club were, were going to go out there for a draw. I believe that's what we were there to do, to get a point. And I think my my general sense on this, Dan, as we, as we move through the stats, as we look at the way the, the match was approached, there is a way to manage a season, right? I know there's a ton of negativity about Graham. I know there's a ton of negativity about the way the teams played, all that stuff. But, like, there's a way to manage a season. And getting a point at Newcastle right before a break that's going to take 45 fucking days is not the end of the world to me, man. I, I just, like, forgive me. I'm not, I'm not throwing my entire collection of Chelsea shirts out of the window because I'm so upset about this. Well, we are 36.8% of the way through the Premier League season at this point. There's more than... Is that 100% Dan? No, it's not. Interesting. It's also not halfway through the season, which I think some people also said because they're just rounding into January. <laughs> With the number of games and the way they're compacted heading into the end of December, there's still so much left to play for. And I understand where people are coming from who are frustrated. I, I'm, I'm frustrated. I, yeah, like I, yeah, I, yeah. I think the thing is that there's a frustration and being upset with the way that the play looks, that it feels passive. I, I get that. I also get that that doesn't seem structured. Or it doesn't seem like there's a plan 
the the plan has not been communicated, which is also a frustrating piece because when you have not been informed, it can be a very infuriating experience. And so all of that makes sense to me. But I think also on the same side of that street, there's the whole issue of squad availability, the way the squad's been structured, the players who we have spent since 2016, 2017, we have spent well into the 500 plus million pound range, more than any side in the top six. And the number of those attackers who are not either A, at the club anymore, or B, contributing significantly to the side is massive compared to our other top six rivals. And so, like, there's this is not the sins of Todd Bowley. This is not the Sims of Graham Potter. This is the slow decline of Chelsea that has been papered over with success that managers have been able to squeeze out of players that have just been ground down to nothing at this point. Well, I mean, more more to come on that. My, it hurts to say. Right? My word. Um, uh, Naz did tweet that uh, for the one random stat, this is the three Premier League defeats in a row for Chelsea since 2000. 15 November 2015 so a solid seven years ago to the date um, which is no fun uh, from Enf pet shithouse mode of the match what about the last minute of the match it was the most wild conclusion to a football match that I have seen in years you had everything you had everything you had a referee that did not know what to do <laughs> shove a player yeah, he did. He did shove one of our players, which is fun. Two hands um, to the chest. You had about twenty-five fouls in a minute of a of a play. None called. None of them called. It was a throw-in instead of the foul that he cautioned for. You had a shit house scramble where Mendy came up to try and get his uh, get his head on a ball and maybe score. Uh, that didn't happen. Kovacic then intercepts a ball that likely is going into our net to give us another attack. And then I think he blows the play dead on a free kick. Yeah. And, and then the game's over. It, At least two <laughs> studs up tackles from Newcastle. It was the most wild end to a game I've seen in years. Referee and VAR couldn't have ran down that tunnel fast enough. They oh, were like, just blow it dead, out. gone. Like, yeah. cause they're just, they didn't know what happened as well. Like from their own perspective. So, um, shithouse moment or moments, uh, a collection of, of sorts. <laughs> That's become a theme, no? It's been interesting. So anyways, we're going to take our first break. When we get back, uh, again, we're jumping into the no absolution found, talking about how we're struggling to figure this out. So thanks to sponsor for financially supporting the show. We're going to be right back. If you're bored of the U.S. Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the U.K.? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With over 5,000-plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, you can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan plus one free month. We all love to binge, but look, privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an affected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk when you use our 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue you a refund. You can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link again. That's nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue to get your subscription started today. Oh. 
Anyways, <laughs> well, that was a heavy sigh. coming out of out of that break. Wow, uh, Potter's still struggling to break Chelsea's slide. Um, I guess obviously everyone's upset with the recent run of form. As we look at it, it is a a bad run, losing to Newcastle, lost to City in the EFL Cup, lost to Arsenal. Uh, we did beat Dinamo Zagreb, which maybe is a distant memory at this point. Uh, and then we lost to Brighton 4-1. So uh, loss in the Premier League, essentially three in a row. Uh, you had the Man City defeat. That's kind of four out of five. That's what people are looking at right now is the main stat. So I guess, Nick, we, we definitely already covered the fact that we're not happy with said standing. Um but I guess there's there's context to be provided in, in different ways and things like that, knowing that Chelsea are not the informed team that you could say a lot of those teams were. We weren't able to to stop the breakage. Go back to that schedule really quick, because I think there, there's a lot to unpack here, right? Was this a phenomenal performance? No. Of course it wasn't, right? Two shots on target's not good enough. I don't think anyone's going to argue about that. Chelsea in the last month have played... Uh, Two Champions League games. We have drawn Man United at home, who's a top six team right now. Uh, we have four Champions League games. Four, yeah, right. Okay, yep. Yeah. So that's a really good point. Uh, we have uh, played at home to Arsenal, barely lost 1 0 to a set piece, although it was a shit performance. And then I played now a top three Newcastle team away. That's That's all happened in the last like three weeks. And so, yeah, we're struggling. We're in eighth place right now. This isn't great and i think there are a lot of people who are you know if, if you're one of the people that's really upset that is feeling incredibly down heading into this world cup know that i am not being flippant when i say this uh it's been a tough go for us right this is a, a really tough run of fixtures it's a really difficult moment that we're in right now and i think dan for me i look at Graham potter having entered the fray in mid-September, or actually late September after we really got our start after the, the Queen's death, right? Which is something that is another factor in here because we haven't even played as many matches as our top three com uh, comparisons here. Uh, he's basically had um, eight weeks of football now. A lot of breaks. A lot of breaks in there, whatever. Like, this is a this has just been about as rocky of a start as one could have hoped. But three weeks ago... We had not yet, yet lost a match, nine unbeaten, top of the Champions League group, people feeling good, people feeling happier. I, it's just, I think, a moment in time. So there's a desire right now for some people to say this is Todd Bowley's fault for... Bowley out, Dan. I've said that for years. There's it's a 10 year deal, by the way, that he can't sell. So yeah. buckle Th up. There's a desire to say that Grand Potter should be sacked, that he's above this is above his ability to execute in. I just don't like Todd Bowley's the owner, right? Like that that's the reality. And as much as we are looking to say that the standard of Chelsea, which we've talked a little you know, our last episode about what what does it mean when you say the standard of Chelsea? Chelsea and Roman had one specific standard. And the way that that operated is going to be very different to how Chelsea is run and gets operated now. The fact that we've had to hire up so many individuals in our scouting and staffing department indicates to you that scouting and staffing was not as good as it could have been 
over the past five, six, seven, maybe plus years. And while we have been able to back into success for large parts of that time, because we hire and fire, that is not what this new ownership group, I would imagine, is going to do. And so this is Chelsea today. And you might not like that. Like, and that that's okay because well, you, well you, within your rights. You should you should feel very comfortable to say this is not the standard of football that we should be going after. And I would say that Chelsea, in general as a whole, should be trying to achieve a much higher standard of football. And the way the last couple of games have gone have not been good in terms of what we've been able to produce, because you still need to be able to produce shots to win a game. And the attack has been terrible. The defense has been pretty good. In terms of like reducing shots, which is like something we asked for when Potter came in, like, hey, just get back to basics, get back to stop, you know, stop conceding shots, make it difficult for the opposition to win a game, and then you put yourself in every game. We were in the like it was not pretty. We were still in this game for a vast majority of it until we made a mistake. It was a good goal. I mean, we had our chance literally right before that. Pope made a good save. Isn't isn't that the way football works? We we have the chance. Goal, Pope makes a great save. They go down, hit basically the same style of shot, right? A little curler to the to the corner, and and that one goes in. And that's there are just fine margins in this game, man. It happens. Yeah, I mean, especially at this level, um, this was the two best chance of the match, by the way, like of all of them. Yes. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, it just if we're if we're talking about like the recent run, I you know I've been kind of taking that battle. Uh, on Twitter, reminding everybody that who's complaining and saying provoking the Potter. Battle, even <laughs> I mean, I, I just respond to what comes my way. Um, and the fact of the matter is, you know, even Rory on his YouTube channel just chatting away. I guarantee you, he was not complaining when we doubled down on Milan, home and away. Nobody was, and it wasn't that long ago. It was at the beginning of the month, but the thing is, things ebb and flow, and we are a completely different team right now than we were back then. And the, the parallel that I keep trying to drive to people is that we are losing our best players. Last season, Tuchel started to struggle when we lost our wingbacks. About a, exactly a year later, we have lost said wingbacks and we are starting to struggle. And you act like on Twitter that this is just a miracle. Like, how did, how did Potter just get bad overnight? Well, let's look at the variables that have changed since we went on that run and we've racked up more injuries. And and it seems to me very understandable why this team is struggling. Graham Potter has never seen our best players on the training pitch at Cobham. He's never not as seen a collective them. unit. No. Never. No. I mean, this is, uh, you, you guys met uh, Tug Mutai, who was my creative director at work and uh, a longtime soccer coach. He, he will tell anyone who listens to this, if you want to be a better coach, you got to have better players, <laughs> right? Our best players in a, in a large majority of our team are not playing right now. and Or they're not playing well. Sure. We saw Kovacic today. Bad. Bad game from him. Very bad game. Yep. Also, back from injury. Koulibaly, not great. Back from injury. I mean, like, 
these guys again, like with no consistency. They're not playing week in, week out. We've had to limit Jorginho's minutes back from injury. <laughs> Holy shit. Like you like, is there anyone that hasn't been hurt in this team? And you'd say, like, maybe Sterling and Aubameyang and uh, Sterling and Mason, Ill today, but not like, able to feature. Again, like every uh, you know, Nini Wani's YouTube channel is complaining that, oh, he keeps changing tactics. He has to. The game evolves. Like the, you the can't personnel start the game changes you every week. Week to week, there's <laughs> been no consistency whatsoever. And I think that like Potter should be given time and like understanding to try to work through these things. But literally, like w- again, when we say week to week, we really mean every three and a half days. Chelsea have consistently played on average every three point five days. Since the second week of the season. How, how many of y'all had uh, had Lewis Hall starting two games at left wing back at the start of the season on your bingo card? About to have him start the next four. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, look, man, I, I am... I think there is so much negativity that's been built up over the last year because of everything that has happened, right? The sale of the club, the... Uh, perform- Super League. The performance in, in cup finals last year was not phenomenal. If you're looking at this team right now, Dan, and you're seeing a a defense that isn't quite as airtight as it used to be. Sure. And you're looking at an attack that isn't scoring goals. And you're looking at a midfield that is just playing well below what we were used to in the Champions League round, which I think people are still fixated on, right? Which is almost two years ago now, guys. A year and a half. There's a lot in this team that isn't up to standards, right? Whatever those standards are. No one's defined those for me, by the way. I um, would love to have well, a sense I, of that. So I think the standards, though, are people would expect that we are competitive. Nines out of ten? Like, is that, is that, are we like, individual performances at nine out of ten for Chelsea every week? I think people would say that an individual standard is probably like an eight, you know, seven, seven eight minimum. Right, but trending towards a higher result, and I would say the the attack has not been there for a long time. Absolute facts. Midfield's been poor all year, and the defense was probably the one piece last year in general. Even though it slid during the last probably quarter of the season, kind of that post February run where we kind of found some groove. Havertz was scoring, and we just kind of started to cruise for a little bit before injuries cropped up again, where we we found that ability to be a cohesive unit. And then since then, I mean, you, you lose Rudiger, right? That was a, a big loss looking back at it now because you had to then go replace other players. Christensen goes to Barca. You know, we see this trying to get new players in. You have to keep Azpilicueta because you can't sign the player you're looking for. It's, it's a mess. It, it is a mess of a problem that Todd Bowley and his group paid billions of pounds Billions of pounds to get into and to try, really, at this point, to unfuck a really fucked situation. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, and and that's that's kind of the analysis, right? Like, we're we're not really talking so much about the Newcastle match because we all we all kind of understand because football's done for forty five days. Yeah, but at least the Chelsea men. But this is the first break that this ownership group will have in their in their ownership process. At Chelsea, right? There have been some really strategic hires that have been made along the way. There have been a lot of chopping and changing with player personnel and with management personnel. There, there has been 
a complete upheaval at Chelsea Football Club. And just like anything else, the price that we should have paid years ago for fixing some of these problems is has now come due. It, it is what it is. I'm not telling you it's right or wrong. I'm not telling you that I... I want it to be this way, but it just, this is where we are. Here, here's the question. How many players out of this side would Arteta, Pep, take into their squad now today to potentially challenge for or add value to their squad to go compete for the title this season or compete, you know, in City's case, for the Champions League? Well, I mean, probably only a couple that are healthy. But I mean, it just that squares back to the point. Even when we do exactly. combined elevens, it's like the question, the qualifier is always, well, who's healthy or just on the roster? But just in general, in the roster, if everybody was healthy, how many are they actually taking? You'd take Angola Conte, you'd take Reese James, you'd probably Tiago. You'd probably take Tiago, you'd probably take Mason Mount. I know that Mason right now is not dividing. But you're probably opinion. taking none of our attackers outside of Mason. Kovacic? Well, I mean, Arteta's Maybe. a little bit still uh, bum heard about Aubameyang, so probably not taking him. <laughs> Too soon for him on that one. Yeah, I, I mean, but no one else, I don't think, out of those. At least where it stands. We have... The Venn diagram of that list and who's hurt right now is 100%, by the way. And, like, we haven't really seen Fofana as well, like, this season. You know, he, he dropped so quickly. He was a highly rated young defender, and I think you know, bullies consortium, they they really just tried to drop the average age. And I think they were looking at up and coming young players for sure. By the way, they locked Reese down to a mega extension and like they're working on Mason as well. For the people who are like Bully and Igbali and all these guys don't know what they're doing. They've got every decision wrong. Rory said they've got every decision wrong. Up to this point. Which I would ask anyone to support with evidence. Well, Where is again, the evidence? Again, Reese James like on an extension is a hundred percent a right proof point. You could probably even say Fofana coming in is a right proof point. But again, yada yada, like rebuilding you the stadium, a right proof point. Exactly. Like, it's just it, it's it's a lot of overreaction. It's a lot of anger. And again, if that's the way you feel, I'm not telling you not to feel that way. But I would just ask you if if you do feel that way to support it with evidence. I don't believe that Todd Bully and Co. have got every decision wrong. A huge anti like American bias. Like it is what it is. You know, and 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 that's all I want to say on that because like that's a slippery soap in itself. But it's just like an easy like cheat sheet. Bully has unbelievably supported with cash on the table. Thomas Tuchel, everyone's favorite previous manager, supported Emma Hayes with a shit ton of cash. And Neil Bath, I think Neil Bath probably made the most signings of anybody in the club, and he's been empowered. So I'm just, I'm off my soapbox, but like the bully out, bully is wrong is just ridiculous. Is it a learning curve? Sure. But like, dude put cash on table. I think the thing that we'll want to see and want to track over the next 45 days because even though the World Cup will be going on, and again, that is a whole host of problems unto itself, what will Todd now and team start to empower the people who are hired to go do the job to effectively do and take over? Because that is where 
leaning on the expertise of the people that he has hired, that he has put in the positions, that he has built this staff now who can go execute and say, hey, we actually looked at this list of players and here's what we need to go out and attack in January. Because I will tell you, regardless of what we thought we were going to spend in January, we're going to spend a lot of money in January to remain competitive in this Premier League because this year more teams have grown up quicker and Chelsea has regressed a little faster. Depends on recovery timelines. Like, because we know that when we're healthy, we're a damn good team. We are literally playing with our B minus team right now. And and not only that, that, that you that take, might be generous. You, well, and you take Trevo. He's played a shit ton of matches in a row. He is probably thrilled for a break. Tiago Silva is our highest Premier probably League should minutes. Be called, probably should have been called up to the World Cup over Harry Maguire. Their problem, not ours. Like, sorry, Southgate fans. Um, but Tiago Silva has the most minutes in the Premier League for Chelsea. In no way should that be a reality for us. So it just goes back to the fact we've had to play Kukure at left center back instead of left wing back. And Koulibaly, as he starts to get form, gets injured, and now he has to rebuild and doesn't have great matches like We've seen Kukurea go from disaster to actually had a good game against it. It just again, it's we're back four, back three. It just is constantly changing. There's been no consistency, no synergy with this team because every week Potter's dealing with another change due to illness or injury. So uh, I hear you. Uh, there are some very obvious areas that they need to improve, like said midfield. Can, can I just say this, guys? Like. For those of you over the last two weeks who have been like, this is shambles, this is terrible. I'm not calling any one player out. This is not what I'm doing. But if you don't think that these guys who have been called up to World Cup squads this week have been thinking about playing in this tournament since they were fucking seven years old and by no fault of their own is this tournament in the middle of the fucking winter instead of over the summer when it should have been thanks sep if you don't think that their minds were a little bit on not getting injured today or yesterday or over the last three weeks or or over the last early part of the season i just think you're out of your fucking mind i like i i I expected nothing from this game today personally because not because of a lack of professionalism but because I think there's just a natural point where players look at a tournament that's coming up and just don't want to be the guy that gets hurt the day before they go. 100%. So Newcastle play once a week. They don't have a lot of players going to the World Cup. I'm not sure if any, to be One. fair. Trippier. Pope. Uh, so, sorry, three with re- potentially reduced minutes. Um, so Wilson, Gamaris, and Pope. Who are not starters necessarily, and you've got Trippier going yeah. as well. My yeah. my point being, we had that many on our bench alone that are going to the World Cup. This is two years ago. Do you guys remember when we shit the bed in the FA Cup final? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we had what the week two weeks later, Champions League final. Exactly. Tony Mount, Mason's father, said that is specifically goes. Yeah, it's natural. Like they just pulled back because they everybody was desperate to be fit for the Champions League final. And what do we go do? We want the damn thing. Mendy's going. Aspilicueta's going. Silva's going. Koulibaly's going. Kovacic is going. You have Sterling going. Pulisic going. Mount going. Havertz going. Ziyech is going. Lower possibility Maybe. minutes. Zakaria, lower possibility minutes. And then 
Gallagher potentially reduced minutes. He's going. So. But Ziyech got called up. Yeah. Yeah. I guess new manager. Oh, because of the new manager. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's so, back. So he unretired? Yeah. That's so, awesome. you, so you have nine. You know, in terms of like definitely contributing in some capacity um, versus Newcastle have one definitely contributing in some capacity with, you know, a few more. Like, and that's on top of all our injuries. No, the, I mean, and we would have had more if Reese James and Ben Chill were healthy. You would have had two more yeah. going. Yeah. Well, and and, you're, and Angola Conte, you're, like yeah, you're you're talking about Fofana potentially. You're talking about a Chelsea squad that is built with seasoned international players, right? Going into the biggest tournament that exists in the world, I I, I am, I think you can just like I'm just asking anyone listening to this podcast, can you try and put yourself into the position of a Mason Mount? Or someone else who's going to the World Cup. Pick, pick your player of choice. Pick your favorite team. And, pick and your just, player. And just think about how you would feel heading into this tournament. You you just got called up either for the first time or maybe as Asby is the third time, right? To a World Cup. And you're, you've never been more excited to do a thing than this, right? Even with the Euros, even with Champions League, all this stuff. Because it's just different, right? It's a World Cup. And I just... Can we can we just can we just have a moratorium on judging these guys until the end of this season just to see a full sample size of work? Can, can we all just take a fucking second and just judge these guys on the full season and not 14 out of 38 games in the Premier League with by the way all the Champions League games done and now a League Cup gone and the FA Cup coming up? Is it possible for us to just press pause? on shitting on these guys for two seconds. I, I, are we not human here? I don't know. I mean, it's been it's been a, um, a, a tough go for everybody involved. Uh, we have a new medical department coming in. We have a new scouting department. I think also people have to remember that Todd Bully, uh, per Roman Abramovich, who everyone, again, favorite former owner, um, has a 10-year no-sale clause. So we have to buckle up under Bully. And I think if you look at it with a 10-year perspective, he's trying to rebuild the infrastructure of this club that ran solely through Marina Granovskaya, was a bit of an old guy's club in the sense of you've been there for a long time. You kind of said Bruce Buck had been there. Guy Lawrence had been there. Marina was running it. You know, even Petr Cech went from player to staff. Neil Bath had been there a long time. The medical staff had been there a long time. Like you keep hearing as people leave, you go back and like, oh, wow, they've been there since 2012. They've been there 10 years and things. Bully is coming in to modernize the club and create a fresh start, and there's going to be some turmoil. But anyways, with that being said, we have a more that we want to talk about. We are going to take our second and final break of the pod, so we'll be right back. Uh, thank you to sponsors again. More to come. All right. Um, so it, it's hard to predict, but as we now are, like, are being robbed of club football uh, for – what could some say it's the gift that keeps on giving Brandon, so, you know, we go back and forth, right? You look on social. This is the greatest thing to happen. This timing uh, is perfect. People are like, then, could it be 45 weeks? Could oh it be all these other things? I mean, that 45, that's almost a year. Yeah. So a bit aggressive. Um, but as we return, as we try to look ahead and in, into our crystal box, we have no idea what that's going to look like. Again, we're talking about after Christmas at this point. Have you bought your gifts? For your family? No. That's how far out we are. We have <laughs> Look, not prepared Nick at all. Nick is the gift to his family. Uh, he just shows I, I think we can all agree 
I'm the gift of this podcast. I mean, you guys are. God. I apologize. That's on you. You, <laughs> you, you really opened set me it. up for yeah. success there, Dan. Thank you. Coming back, we will play Bournemouth, who are decently informed in sacking Scott Park and apparently flirting with a Marcelo Bielsa out of nowhere. God, There's let's no- hope. We destroyed them when Bielsa was there at Leeds. He was our favorite op- op- uh, opposing manager. Uh, you got Nottingham Forest, who are they're fighting to get out of relegation. And then you have Man City in the league. And all that happens on the 27th of December, the 1st of January, and the 5th of January. So again, in, Happy one, New Year. in one week, we will play three matches. And then thankfully, we get a little over a week off. But I'm sure there'll be a, uh, an FA Cup. FA Cup or, third round, you know, baby. Something in there. Uh, so the, it's been confirmed. The club are going to uh, go to warm weather training. They're going to take whomever is left at the club, not many, uh, and they're going to go have a couple scrimmages and play. And really, the biggest thing that they can do during this break is just get healthy. Take a break. Like, disconnect from the the bad results. Mentally go away from the chaos that has kind of been around this club over the last... Again, Potter's only been there, what, like a month and a half? It's not been that long since he's since he's been put in charge. It, it, it's almost... Well, I think it's two months yeah, next two months week. Out, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be three plus months by the time he, oh, you know, getting closer to the four. He's had a break for the Queen's death. Yep. He's had a break for international football and now the break for the World Cup. So players he'll get a chance to train with include people like Broya, Aubameyang, Jorginho, Loftus-Cheek, depending upon how healthy he is Italy after this match. Italy won the Euros and then didn't qualify for the World Cup. Kukurea. What kind of asshole team wouldn't make a World Cup? Chalaba. And then whomever else he would like to pull out of the... Available dollars to donuts. Lewis Hall will be a part of this group. Yeah, Hutchinson. Be. He'll be looking for a loan move at a minimum. And that's kind of it's a small group, yeah, for sure. Bettinelli. Yeah, once you've named uh, eleven internationals that are going to the World Cup, the rest of the team is pretty thin. <laughs> Either way, what I'm, what I guess, what I'm really looking for 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 Potter is for him to get a chance to settle in a little bit friend to get to know the new staff that have been hired to help recruitment for him to you know have a little bit of a say on how things are set up I mean he got in he came into the season in pure chaos right and you could look at me and say Nick I hear what you're saying he still hasn't done a good enough job and look the last couple results I'd agree I don't think he's necessarily set up the team perfectly to get a result it's a fair enough point I also think that if you're judging him against Pep Guardiola, against Jurgen Klopp, against even Eddie Howe. Arteta. I I want to go pull up the tweets this time last season when Eddie Howe wasn't getting results from Newcastle fans and compare them to the tweets that came out today. Do you know the only difference between those two teams are plus a shit ton of Saudi money that's under the fray? Time. That's it. And you know what? It's worked pretty well for him. So... So I think maybe specifically, though, things that we would want to see is a chance creation increase. Absolutely. So I think finding ways to get the ball at an attacker's feet and having them take a shot versus trying to find another person or trying to pass it and let somebody else take the shot, which is going to be very challenging because it's going to be mostly the same attackers who are a part of that. I mean, maybe you, I don't know, pay over the barrel for Nkuku and get him to come early, which would be 
the best thing you could do for someone like Graham Potter to give him a lifeline in some capacity. Tough with uh, Timo just going down injured too. But Correct. You know. So if you look at it against Arsenal, point three again, uh, expected goals for it was a another sub point uh, three game here. Expected goals for you have to be over a one a game and you need to be converting some of those chances too. So I think that is something like shots, shots on target, chances converted, goals scored is going to be something that we need to start to see as a part of that positive momentum moving into the return, Brandon. We did it for a while. You know, Crystal Palace coming out of the international break, 2-1. Milan home, 3-0. Wolves, 3-0. 1.1, 1.9. Chelsea away to Milan, 2-0. 2.2. Villa, 2-0. 0.9. And then it all kind of like, Hit a skid. We beat Salzburg 2 1. Uh, 1.5. Beat Zagreb 2 1, which was, again, 2.7. Ch- chunky admitting, but they're there. It's a lack of consistency. But again, I go say, we are, even from that point, a very different team um, today. And what I keep telling the, the twits on the Twitters, the twits being dumb, like the team you see right now that you are so mad with. Zero percent chance that is a team that we end the season with. Like, it is that big of a difference. Yes, the goal creation and the chance creation has to happen. I still think it solely lies in the midfield. Uh, Kovacic extremely sloppy in possession today. Jorginho was more defensive than anything. Uh, wasn't really providing much going forward. I just it it it, it that has to change. The, but what's going to happen at the World Cup? Like, is everyone going to come back healthy? Whatever plan he puts well, in yeah, place, that, that's this issue. But here's the other thing. If you're doing a thought exercise, if you're trying to look at the existing squad that we have today and you're looking at what we could do in January and think about you're going to have to also assign people in the summer, how many of the existing population of players are players for the future or you would want them to potentially, Nick, be out the door January, give them an opportunity to go elsewhere, be out the door in the summer to potentially go elsewhere because they are past the point of being able to contribute to Chelsea. If they were talking about the standard of Chelsea being a competitive side in the Premier League, not just in European competitions or in cup competitions, but in the Premier League as well, how many of them actually fit that criteria? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a lot of upheaval. I mean, this squad's been due for some time. We, we know the midfield's been due for some time. I think that's the... Who are all out of contract. That's the, the critical area, right, that, that we have to address. Because, look, I, I mean, I think if you take the Newcastle game as a... As, as kind of a microcosm, right? They press forward. They're, they're a relatively athletic team. I don't think they're the most athletic team in the league by any means, but I think they're a relatively ath- athletic team. Yeah. They have a phenomenal midfielder in Bruno who is able to both do the defensive side of the job and the offensive side. I would argue that none of our midfielders are really in any sort of comparison with him, right? That complete except N'Golo, but he's not healthy, so it doesn't matter. And, you know, when we do get wingbacks, we are able to potentially dominate the midfield, but it's in a different way than the way that a lot of other teams do. Right. And so I, I guess if you're looking at me and saying, Hey Nick, what are some things that can happen between now and the 27th of December, not 26, like I originally said, uh, I, I, what I would look for Graham to do is try and make the best, 
midfield formation that he can with three in there and see what happens. Because I, I, I just I think our two just gets run over too much in this current setup. No guarantee that Angola is going to be back until January, February. Uh, Jorginho will be around. You don't know if coverage is going to come back healthy or not. So I think if you have Mason and you have Connor, who are both eights, I think you got a way. To, you have to find a way to make those two work, and then add some attackers on top to link. I, I, that's what I would be looking for. I know the four three three is tired to a lot of people. Uh, I I just I think you have to look at it. Well, I mean, if you don't have healthy wing backs, the the back three doesn't work essentially. The, so the the ownership group Dan has to make some very quick contractual decisions yep. about squad composition. So as Chelsea fans, we're not going to see the fruits of this effort anytime soon. Nope. But next summer, uh, Thiago Silva's out of contract. Jorginho's out. Betnelli's out. Angola Conte's out. And obviously, Zakaria's loan is up. So from that perspective, you lose two very stable midfielders. Thiago Silva, I think that if you want him to stay, you could probably get him to stay. Betnelli kind of a non-factor at that point. No, he's English and he's your third choice keeper. So you keep him so you don't have to fill up your third keeper spot with a international spot. Which is is good because the other two are internationals, obviously. But even 2024, which is the next season, you usually want guys to sign their extensions by the end of next summer. And so they're already looking ahead to say, do we want these 2024 expirees? Yeah, two years to a year and a half. That's the window. Kovacic out, Aspi out, Abameyang out, Ruben Loftus-Cheek out, Pulisic out, Mason Mount out. There's, I mean, there's a lot of players that you have to decide if you're going to stick or twist on, right? Like Kovacic is playing serious minutes. He's won awards for us. Ruben Loftus-Cheek has been around since he was eight, as we always know. Pulisic, the lightning rod, and obviously Mason Mount, who is a de facto keep. Like there are seven, eight contracts that they really need to figure out sooner than later what they're going to do with which goes into as they're hiring the technical director the sporting director they just have a lot on their plate on top of less than desirable results well and, and let me just say this too like as i was talking about the players being people it's not as if todd bully bought this club along with the consortium feliciano Ebali, all these guys in perfect circumstances right there's a forced sale distressed asset yep and so what they've had to do is come in and learn a shit ton really quickly. And look, they have made errors along the way. They're not perfect. Uh, far from it. But I think in the middle of this World Cup, what they're going to get to do is begin to finally put in some of the folks that they would have put in had they gone through a traditional sale, right? And some of those people are going to help us build for the future. I don't know what the rest of the season holds. I think Chelsea are... are damn good enough to get top four we've done it before i think there's a strong chance that chelsea make a real run at that thing i think there's a strong chance that a lot of teams that are in the top six seven right now finally meet the injury bug that we have (laughs) and and maybe uh, you know come back down to earth a little bit i think there's a lot of football to be played but in this time it is so crucial for the next 45 days for todd bully and co to finally recoup a little bit of time that they should have had this summer, Dan, yeah. and begin to make some of the tweaks and changes that we know uh, a footballing organization, sports organization that they've run with Dodgers and, and other places and put that into effect. Yeah. And empower those people to go out and do good work on their behalf. 
you know, it, it is uh, as much as we enjoyed the uh, great meals, good food in the moment meme. It's now time to get serious about putting together a winning organization. And look, it didn't happen overnight with the Dodgers either. Mm-mm. I think like, let's look at the Mm-mm. context there. And obviously, yes, baseball and world football are That's very so different. different. However, this is the moment where I think, to me, like the judging can actually begin once we get into this period where people have been hired, it is stable. Like you can start from January forward to really start to be able to kind of judge, like what will this ownership group actually do and execute against? He's not an absent owner, by the way. No, all not Matt at all. Law said in Naz and Adam and Simon all summer as they're covering the tour is that he was back and forth, Europe to the U.S., Europe to the U.S. He is very present. At Matt Law tweeting today that the only sacking that should be made is Todd Bully is sporting director. Matt, I'm sure Todd wishes he was not in that position, <laughs> but he is at least being accountable and stepping up as a leader and getting involved, and he's learning things the hard way. Um, but, like... It, I, I, think, I think maybe the one is, mistake, the one mistake is if you had any inclination that Thomas Tuchel wasn't your guy to go f- to go full tilt into the players that he was potentially denoting as these are the players I want. OK, I would say you lucked out in the fact that like Kukurea, he may not be the perfect signing, but he at least knows him. Like he's got rapport with him. Fofana, I think you could say is we're not going to go through this. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I totally understand. Um, at the same time, that was my second point is I didn't see Twitter burning like it is now saying when we appointed Potter, it was the worst decision. He's highly regarded, has a strong CV, is known for building things. Bully knew he wanted to build something with somebody. Like They're just taking the pieces one at a time and building them. For us to be sh- so short-sighted so soon after going you know, nine unbeaten, whatever it was, the Champions League from the bottom of the group to the top of the group with auto qualification. Like, it's just, we're, as fans, again, this is just our opinion. This is just our approach. It's 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 too quick. We are we have just, like, abandoned ship too quick. And I, we do not want to be three managers in a season. No, what are we're we, talking, Watford? Exactly. Like, I mean, give me exactly. a fucking break. What are we talking about here? The things that people are upset about, a lot of it is outside Potter's control, in my opinion. And that he will hopefully come back. And by the way, the fact that we have a World Cup in the middle season, no matter how anyone wants to spin it, the back half of this season is going to be completely different than the first half. Give me a body of work, i.e. longer than eight or nine or ten matches, to judge Graham Potter on. (coughs) Give me a body of work, i.e. longer than a summer and a handful of Premier League matches to judge Bowley and Co. on. I I am just dumbfounded at the level of toxicity that exists on Twitter today as if we were walking into a League Two side to go win a match that we lost. Like that's we, We've not, done that. Was it Bradford City or whatever with Mourinho? Mourinho, yeah, 2015. <laughs> Let's all remember that. But like that's not what is happening here. And and I'm I don't know. I, I've harped on this for a number of months because I think as a human being, if you are so furious at the level of performance that you don't understand all the extenuating circumstances, like I'm having trouble figuring out how to help you. I, I really am. Like this, the team was sold amidst chaos. The team 
almost qualified for the semifinals of the Champions League last year and then lost an FA Cup final. You, it's a deflating moment for the team to be in. A ton of change happens. That's a human thing to go through. Change is fucking scary, man. It is scary to go through all this stuff, to not know maybe where you stand as you did in a previous ownership group and relationship, right? And then to go into a Premier League season that is naturally getting fucked up by this stupid-ass World Cup in the winter and to not know where you stand in your national team even. Like, I just, ah, man, I'm, I'm really struggling to understand how this is a standard season to some people. It, it just blows my fucking mind. It, it most definitely is not. Um, but I think we definitely kind of hit the the main pieces from here. So obviously we did not do a Dan of the match because we don't do it when we lose. Um, I think that in honorary fashion, we can just give it to Lewis Hall for continuing to impress. Two matches in a row. Well done, Lewis. <laughs> Good on you, lad. Um, but as you look around at the table and some of the other results, we are recording this on Saturday, which is unique for us. We have no idea what's going to happen on Sunday, and so this could all change. But as it stands, uh, sorry if you woke up to watch Man City lose to Brentford. Shocking. Spe speaking of bingo cards, anybody? Do you think that they took their eye off the ball? Maybe looked at the World Cup. I, it just okay. I, they're they're supposed to be the league leaders, and and they're dropping points again to Brentford. Uh, I don't, and I don't want to hear about Ivan Tony's giving a message like City weren't good. <laughs> so he has that on ship. Uh, Bournemouth three nothing over Everton doesn't sound like good news for Frank. It sure doesn't sound like good news for Frank on that one. They lost seven one on aggregate this week to Bournemouth. So that's tough. <laughs> Liverpool 3-1 over Southampton. Uh, back to business as usual for them, Dan. I mean, Southampton have Jack all going for them in their lives, except a relegation battle. And the most quiet managerial appointment of all time. Yep. Yeah. And sacking. Yeah. So if you missed that, uh, they have a new manager. <laughs> I, I didn't even. I it swear to God, I, I picked these guys up from the hotel this morning. You guys were talking to me about a new manager. I was like, wait, has the new guy actually got sacked? They were talking about it last week. I didn't know they fucking did it. I, either did I. <laughs> I, I will say uh, we were hopeful at one point that Spurs would lose to Leeds. Uh, that did not happen. It was a 4-3. We were hopeful Spurs. about three times because Leeds kept taking the damn lead and couldn't hold it. And uh, Leicester doing their uh, best to uh see if they can get David Moyes sacked uh, during the break. What was your nickname for him? Well, the Moisaya. We've, we've heard that one before. <laughs> no, That's not mine. That's not, the, not yeah, the Moisinho. <laughs> not that one. Uh, Forrest uh, trying to prop themselves out of relegation, uh, beating Crystal Palace after they've been That's on a, a, shock, by a the decent way. run. Yeah, Palace has been all right this year. So that that halted to a, a stop. Uh, obviously, we lost. And then the late game, the oddly late. It was like, what, a one o'clock kickoff or something here locally? Yeah. It, it would have been like... It would have been eight or nine there. Like seven, yeah, yeah, seven or later there, which I'm sure all the, the fans are pissed because it's at Molyneux, at Wolves. But Arsenal did win 2 nothing. Uh, so my prediction failed. And the idiots are still on top of the table in first place on 37 points. Uh, Man City are in second on 32 points. There's now a five-point gap between Pep Jr. and Pep. <laughs> the student has become the master. Uh, mark, mark this down. What is this? The twelfth uh, of November. It is. Uh, it's. It's near seven o'clock Central Time. Man City will win the league by twelve or thirteen points by the end of it. It won't even be close. It won't even be a conversation point. It'll be easy. So uh, clip that, Jake. Save that for later. Newcastle are in third place on thirty points. Uh. They've played the most games. Tottenham in fourth. 
Uh, they are on 29 points. And there's a bit of a gap after that. So United are in fifth. And again, they have a match to play on Sunday. They're in 23 points. Uh, so that's a six-point gap after Saturday between fourth and fifth place. Uh, Liverpool up to sixth place on 22 points. Brighton and seventh on 21 points. Again, a lot of these teams have games to play. And we are in eighth Eighth place, 21 points at 14 play. That is a 16-point difference between us and the top of the table. I would say we really need to be looking at between us and third place, which puts us at a nine-point difference with a game in hand. Uh, could put us at six. Six off top three, to me, is a is a lot more tenable than nine off of top three. Yeah, it, it, I think there are people today equating our current position to when we were 16th under Mourinho that season. That is not what this table reads. And again, we still have the game in hand. You hope you hope to win that against Liverpool because that is a, a crucial kind of moment for us. But even then, Bournemouth, Forest. Let's look at those two games. Let's get six points out of those two fucking games, right? And then let's figure out what to do with the rest of it. Yeah, because we do have City Liverpool within the first five games. I think Palace is the the last team in that run after we return. Uh, at the bottom of the table is Wolves uh, in in last place on ten points. Uh, they're, they, they're, quite, they're quite bad. Yeah, yeah, they picked up Lepetegui, which is uh, interesting. Uh, Southampton are in nineteenth on twelve points, and Forest in eighteenth on thirteenth points. Again, this is all before Saturday. Uh, are all before the Sunday fixtures, but those three teams played, so nothing will change from the relegation before it ends. So um, it, it's it's obviously not a fun time. We we admit that. We accept that. We are not happy, um, especially with the asshole Newcastle fan in the pub today. Uh, that did not yeah, make... That was a tough moment. Did uh, not make viewing enjoyable. Uh, I, I mean, shout out to the KC Blues. Uh, I'm glad we were all able to watch the match together. I love I love being with you guys and, and watching these together. Uh yeah, we had we had one rogue Newcastle fan in the pub who, uh, I believe, it was his first match, uh, which was not ideal. And uh, yeah, I, I really wanted to do the Mourinho s celebration if we equalized at the end, just to go down there and uh, run down the touchline. Then that would be nice. I mean, he was acting like a WWE wrestler for the majority of the match in terms <laughs> of how he was announcing himself and adjudicating uh, his views on what happened on the pitch and did come over at the end to say, oh, there's only three fans, Newcastle fans, uh, you know, in Kansas City. And the other two clearly did not want to be with him. So did, with us. did not matter. But again, we hope that you don't have to agree 100% with us. We're just trying to give our perspective, which is the whole point of this podcast. Um, it is a weird time now. We have a long break. Uh, if you want to stay connected to a, a strong Chelsea community and a group, you have to get into our Discord through Patreon. There is an amazing community there. Um, don't isolate yourself for 45 days and just think the world is ending. There are some bright spots. There are some things. We're going to be doing a lot of World Cup content as well through, obviously, because, you know, there's going to be football going We're on. We're not so. taking 45 days off the pod. We, we have a whole pod coming up that we'll talk I mean, about. That was my proposal, but I got outvoted. So <laughs> we will be working through it. But like I said, there'll be a lot going on. We're going to still stay engaged, but Chelsea is off for a long time. This is this is worse than a summer break because there's not even signings or transfers that we can talk about. It's literally a 45-day absolute freeze on club football. So anyways, shitty that we have to end on such a sour note. But we hope you enjoyed the live podcast vibe that we had. We're literally sitting on a couch within punching distance of each other. <laughs> Again, the video will be up on YouTube. Um, 
we'll enjoy it. This is it's a new kind of opportunity for content. We think you're gonna like it. So um, Discord, stay off Twitter. It's ridiculous right now. Chill, take a break. Hopefully, you have a successful national team campaign, unless you're the United States or Wales. What? I'm sorry, England or Wales. <laughs> Jeez, come on, man. I was thinking we wanted to support the I'm US. I'm already down enough. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we're out. Uh, more from KC yet this weekend. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag on high.